Listener production. Hello, welcome to The Briefing. It's Thursday, the 21st of October. He's trying to get the world to pay attention to the failure of Australian leaders to address the crisis by raising over $150,000 to display this giant billboard in Times Square. It reads, for a limited time, come to Australia to cuddle a koala before we make them extinct. Sounds like a joke, but the message is deadly serious. So that is one of the most famous news anchors in the world, CNN's Jake Tapper, and he's interviewing a not-so-well-known Australian comedian, although he might be better known after this. The man behind that message is comedian and host of the Australian podcast Irrational Fear, Dan Illich, who joins me now. Dan, thanks so much for joining us. First, uh, how was your billboard in New York received? Did you get any tweets, any calls from global leaders? (laughs) It's funny you should mention that, Jake. You know, at 9.45, the Prime Minister of Australia, Scott Morrison, had no plans to go to COP26. And then by 2.45pm, he changed his mind. (laughs) And incidentally, 9.45am was when the billboards went live. So something happened between 9.45 and 2.45pm. So this joke, with a deadly serious message, has gone way further than Dan Illich ever imagined. It was going to be just a few billboards on the side of the road in Glasgow at the UN Climate Summit, but somehow it's already gone to the most famous billboard in the world, Times Square, and the plans for Glasgow are getting very interesting. And Russell Crowe's even been getting involved. He teed up the CNN interview. All right, Dan Illich, well, good luck with your campaign. uh, And thank you uh, so much. And thanks to our mutual friend, Russell, for bringing it to my attention. (laughs) So in today's briefing, we're actually going to interview Dan Illich and find out what he's got planned for Glasgow. Uh, Jan Fran, what was your favourite of the billboards? Oh, there were a few. Mm. I think there was one where... It said, um, visit Australia, we're rich in sunshine, wind and climate denial. (laughs) I thought that was pretty good and it had like a picture of the Opera House. And then there was also net zero by 2300 and then there was a kangaroo (laughs) hopping around on fire as well. So, yeah, a couple of things there. I must say, when I saw it, I did feel a bit embarrassed Mm. seeing Australia that high on a massive screen in Times Square, but... That's the point, I guess. Yeah, I guess so. Um, Especially embarrassing for our political leaders who are pushing back on climate action, hopefully. Um, More on that in our briefing. First, let's get to today's headlines, starting with the wrangling over net zero in federal politics. National Party leader Barnaby Joyce says uh, that he is about to present our Prime Minister with a list of grievances about the net zero policy. We're going to make sure that the Prime Minister of Australia is reported back to as soon as possible. In fact, I, I believe in the next day, in, within the day, within the next day. So that's Barnaby Joyce in Parliament yesterday. He also rejected the forecast that big renewable energy projects will create thousands of jobs. Um, on the other side of the ledger, Atlassian co-founder Mike Cannon-Brooks has pledged to donate and invest $1.5 billion in climate projects. It's $1 billion in green technology businesses and another $500 million towards organisations pushing for change in this space. Think tanks, institutes, um, civil society organisations working on the climate crisis. So I wonder if that includes a bit of money for Dan Illich's joke keeper. I actually did see um, Mike Cannonbrook's tweet his support for Dan Illich. So right. he definitely knows they're out there and he likes them. So it could be a yes. I mean, the next, you know, 24 hours depends on when you're listening to this podcast, I think are going to be pretty key. Hopefully there will be a resolution to this situation because the Prime Minister has one week to go before he heads over to Glasgow. So the thinking is that hopefully in the next day this matter will be wrapped but the thing is that Scott Morrison can make the decision without the nationals on board it's just not good for the cohesion of the coalition 
Sometimes you've got to say WTF. Um, there's been very damaging evidence against Gladys Berejiklian in the New South Wales Independent Commission Against Corruption. So was that something that came as some um, surprise or that shock to you, finding out that information? I think incredulous. Certainly, I think it should have been uh, disclosed. So that's the voice of the former Premier Mike Baird um, being questioned in evidence yesterday. He was the Premier when Gladys Berejiklian was the Treasurer. And as you just heard there, if you could hear what he said, he said he was incredulous when he learnt of the secret relationship with disgraced former MP Darrell Maguire last year. Yeah, now this ICAC inquiry is investigating whether Gladys Berejiklian gave preferential treatment to grants going to the electorate of her then-boyfriend. Namely, what Mike Baird was asked about was a $5.5 million funding grant that was awarded to the Australian Clay Target Association in Wagga Wagga. Now, Baird did tell the inquiry that he would have taken action to mitigate any potential conflicts of interest if he had known of the relationship, but he didn't. Yeah, there was another really strong piece of evidence, which was a brief to Baird from uh, one of his former advisors. The note quoted Tom Cruise in Risky Business saying, sometimes you've got to say what the... And uh, it also said that the project didn't stack up. And I quote, Daryl had fired up and Gladys put it back on. So, yeah, really interesting to hear about the inner workings of how the decision was made to grant that money. Mm, It was a day that certainly didn't look good for Gladys Berejiklian at all. And she and Mike Baird, by their words, they're quite close friends. And you could see Mike Baird outside of ICAC answering reporters sort of saying that, you know, he was answering these questions about Berejiklian with a heavy heart because he did believe that she was a woman of integrity. So for him to say that doesn't look good. Well, that's what makes him a really credible witness as well, that he was so close with her, but um, he's been asked those questions and you just heard his answers. And the search for four-year-old Cleo Smith goes into its sixth day. As WA police say, evidence from the tent shows that the zipper was too high for her to reach. The positioning of that zipper for the, for the flap is one of the circumstances that has caused us to have grave concerns for Cleo's safety. That's Inspector John Monday speaking there. The four-year-old was last seen at the family's remote campsite on Saturday morning. Uh, Police have been speaking to registered sex offenders in that northern part of WA but they say they still don't have a suspect. Yeah, there have been um, posters of Cleo that have been put up around her hometown of Carnarvon and uh, the community has sort of really rallied to try and find her. But as as the search, you know, the the, the longer the search goes on, um, the more troubling certainly it will be for the family and for police. And good news for people in Melbourne. Uh, they'll come out of lockdown tonight as Victoria hits its 70% double dose target today. Yeah, that's right. Restrictions will lift at midnight. Um, this means that fully vaccinated Melburnians will be allowed to travel anywhere in the city. They'll be able to visit each other's homes. Uh, they'll be able to socialise at pubs and restaurants. And can I just say, as a New South Welsh person, when that happens, when you're suddenly allowed to do that, it's a, it's a very good feeling. A lot tighter, though, the restrictions in Melbourne compared to Sydney. Um, even when we were just at the 70% rate. Um, no shopping indoors. I'll have to wait till I hit 80% for that. Here's Victoria's COVID commander, Jerome Weimar. All up for people saying we're going to open up and do these amazing things at midnight. Can we just recognise we're hitting that date six days early. That's, that's a phenomenal achievement of everybody who's gone out and got vaccinated. Can we all just get there sensibly and not sort of, you know, crash a door down on the way in? Yeah, I think one of the, the other key differences, Tom, between New South Wales and Victoria is that New South Wales, is that Victoria rather, 
um, had 1,841 cases overnight, mm. so slightly higher number of cases than well, New higher. South Wales mm. when coming out of lockdown. Yeah, I mean, they did have the longest cumulative lockdown in the world, though. Mm. So, you know, oh. any day they can get lockdown free is a good day, I'm sure. Absolutely. And the coalition has blocked a vote to scrutinise a blind donation to former Attorney General Christian Porter. Yeah, so this is about the large anonymous payment he received to support him in his defamation action against the ABC. Yesterday, a motion was moved in federal parliament to refer that donation to a parliamentary committee for scrutiny, but the coalition voted against it, even though Speaker of the House, Tony Smith, who's a Liberal, argued the case for more scrutiny. We chatted to Malcolm Turnbull earlier this month. Um, this is what he had to say about it. It's not a blind trust. It is, it is in fact, just a, it's just taking secret donations. Yeah, secret donations. It was in the order mm. of a million dollars as well, and no one knows where it's come from. This is also um, a government that has been, well, certainly been pushed by Labor to set up a federal independent commission against corruption, and they've just been dodging that and dodging that for years. So now deciding not to look into well, what you just heard Malcolm describe mm. there is a secret donation to Christian Porter. Mm. Yes, a, well, if, if it doesn't get scrutiny in a parliamentary committee or, or another formal forum, it may get a lot of scrutiny at the ballot box come the federal election. It'll be really interesting to see if Christian Porter hangs on to his seat. Indeed. All right, Jam, we'll catch you later. Katrina is going to join me as we speak to Dan Illick. We're showing the image right now of the of the kangaroo on fire <laughs> yeah. popping. Let me ask you though, why why use it's dark humor, but it's humor. Why why use humor? Does it make it easier for politicians to dismiss your points uh, by saying you're not taking climate change seriously? Or on the contrary, does using humor grab people by the shirt collar and make them pay attention? Jake, this isn't for the Prime Minister. All of these billboards were for 1,800 people who wanted to feel better about Australia's position on the international world stage. So that's Aussie comedian Dan Illich with CNN's Jake Tapper there. Katrina Blowers here with you. And this crowdfunding campaign that they're talking about there, Tom, has mm. just gone way beyond Dan Illich's original vision, especially in terms of the scale and the exposure. But the creative is so, so good. I mean, there's, yeah. there's one in particular of Scott Morrison as Crocodile Dundee. That was up in Times Square as part of their rotating billboards. He's holding a piece of coal looking like, uh, as I said, Mick Dundee with the slogan, that's not climate denial, this is climate denial. <laughs> Yeah, the other one I like, there's a picture of Scott Morris and one of those um, photos from Hawaii with him posing with some fans and it says, Missing person, last seen doing nothing, answers to ScoMo and the coal lobby. So I guess we should get the full story of mm. where this all started. Yeah, so Dan Illich, thank you so much for joining us. Where did this ludicrous idea come from? Well, it started, what, three and a half weeks ago now. All I, all I wanted to do was put up a small billboard in Glasgow to make fun of the Australian government's poor action on climate change. Because I've been to Paris, I've been to the talks, uh, I kind of see how the machinations of this Olympics of Google Docs making works. <laughs> and it's, um, it's really fascinating to see just how... Um, dirty the international community is on Australia. And I thought, well, I don't want them coming for us. 
uh, we need to make fun of our own government. So, <laughs> and so I thought, well, I'm going to put up some billboards to make fun of the Australian government, just to let the international community know that the Australian government doesn't actually represent Australians at these talks, uh, that the Australians want to see more climate action faster than just about anybody else. So I put, bought a billboard. It was going to cost $12,000. And I thought, well, I've got this invoice now. Uh, it has to be paid. I wonder if I can get some of my podcasts listeners to jump in and help me pay for it. And I put it up uh, at the beginning of the month at 6.30 a.m. And then by 8.30 a.m., $12,000 was in the Indiegogo. Wow. Like, oh, wow. And it just kept going. And then the next day it was like $30,000. I'm like, well, I don't, you know, well, stop. Let's, no, I don't, it's all good. <laughs> and then I thought, well, let's have a think about how we can harness the power of all these folks who are extremely annoyed with the decade and a half or three decades even of climate inaction from our successive governments. And let's try and put it to good use. So we upgraded our billboard in Glasgow from this shitty one by the side of the road to a giant one by the freeway. We've got two more in Glasgow going up around the city. So hopefully delegates will see it as they go and go and have a good time in Glasgow. And not only that, last week on Friday, <laughs> we decided to buy the biggest billboard in Times Square in New York City for only 10 minutes, but we managed to put up some pretty funny billboards up there. And that was, I've got to say, that just might have been the most effective bit of billboard buying anyone has ever bought. Um, yeah. Because at 9.45, when those billboards went up, Scott Morrison, the Prime Minister of Australia, by the way, mm, had made the decision he probably wasn't going to go to Glasgow. And then by 2.45pm, mm. he held a press conference and he said, oh, no, we, we decided last night that we were going to Glasgow. Huh. <laughs> well, it's either you or the Queen because the news came out on the same day that the Queen um, was a bit peeved that the leaders That's were right. sort of talking but not acting. This is the whole thing. Everyone needs to use their own power to force our government to do something. So mm. the Queen... God bless her, mumbling something into a microphone that was far away. She's using her own power. She did it. Um, me, putting up a billboard in, in Times Square. You know, I did it. So if folks are listening to this, they all need to use their own power to get their governments to do something meaningful. So, Dan, when I first saw this, I thought, oh, Dan, such an idiot. I mean, what a waste. Well, this what day, a- I mean, they say, because Tom and I have known each other for a long time. Yeah. And so, you know, this is the kind of stunt I would do. And you would easily dismiss it as something, another wacky exactly. idea. Exactly. It's the sort of re- <laughs> thing you would do and the sort of reaction I would have. I was like, firstly, what a waste of money. Like, there's just so many better things to be doing in the world, helping, you know, people in need or whatever. And then I was sort of like, also... Shaming people. Is shaming people really the right way to change behavior? And then when I saw that, I saw the whole Times Square thing play out on Friday and then I saw you on CNN and Russell Crowe had tipped off that, you know, they should interview you and that so many people were pledging their hard-earned money to get behind this. And clearly they felt like it was not just funny, but I imagine worthwhile that um, I was wrong. Yeah. Oh, I think, it's, I think there's a lot of power in, in the folks who've chipped in money. 2,387 folks have chipped oh, in, wow. uh, just over $200,000. And so it's really fascinating to see just all these folks chipping in smaller dollar amounts, $10, dollars $15, $5. Uh, oh, wow, someone gave me $3,000 last night. So these aren't huge amounts of money. These are just small dollar donations for people who I think, like me, like making fun of the government with comedy uh, <laughs> and like uh, hopefully we'll try and get a bit of change and a sick and tired of this government's constant delay of obfuscation destruction of any kind of 
climate policy that has been put in front of them, trying to, I mean, this, this government's been so, you know, you, you need a whole another podcast to describe <laughs> all the things this, well, that this I, government has I done. saw you point out in the CNN interview that you were really frustrated that one of their big economic responses to COVID was <laughs> a gas-fueled recovery. Yeah, that's right. So that ended up being a, a billboard in Times Square. So we created a fake um, uh, Cards Against Humanity expansion pack, but we called it the Australian Government Against Humanity. Two of the card flops were, during a deadly pandemic, form a commission to fix the problem by building a gas pipeline. Now, Tom and Katrina, I'm not a doctor, but I'm pretty sure you don't fix a respiratory virus with a gas pipeline. (laughs) And the other flop was, as carbon emissions reach 416 parts per million, the most urgent thing to do is approve four new coal mines in one month. Hey, I wanted to ask you about your interview on CNN, which is a huge, huge get. And you must have been, I would be nervous going on CNN. What were the kinds of questions, like, has the response internationally been one of surprise? Do you think people realised what Australia's stance was on this stuff? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. I mean, that, that's an interview that shot around the world. It's really exciting to kind of see that message actually doing its job and Russell DM'd me to let me know that he, oh, he tipped he Jake off. My friend Russell, my friend Russell Crowe. Yeah. He loves you, doesn't he, Russell Crowe? I don't know if he loves me or hates the government. So, you know, it's hard to tell. <laughs> You're way. the Venn diagram, the centre point. <laughs> yeah, he DM'd, DM'd me to say, hey, you know, Jake's, Jake's up for this. And I'm like, oh, wow, that's amazing. So, Dan, you have this, I guess, much bigger success and momentum than you initially expected. You get on Times Square, CNN. I now understand that you're... You've moved your ambition from billboards on the side of the road in Glasgow to actually projecting it on the building where they'll host the summit, kind of like we did with the Everest race in New South Wales on the Opera House. <laughs> the classic, the classic iconic Everest so, race. Yeah, so t- tell us about that and whether that means that Boris and Joe might see it. Uh, well, I'm, hopefully they will. Like, we've still got to work on that. Damon Gamow is spearheading that campaign. Wow. He's kind of got uh, seven hours of time on the building. So he's kind of asked me if I'd like to contribute. Damon Gamow, who made that, that sugar film and then has done an environmental film, 2040, he's curating what's going on the building? He's kind of the point man for the conference of parties and that building wow. and the projections. He's so, a good ally. Yeah, he's a great ally. Yeah. So he's still trying to work out what to chuck up there. Now, the problem the problem there right now is that the conference of parties would like uh, a few more hopeful messages than the messages yeah. we would like to put up there. Yeah. <laughs> so so we're kind of at loggerheads creatively, but hopefully um, by the end of this week, we'll come up with something funny and interesting and something that will illuminate or hopefully um, inspire Australians to kind of take action themselves. Now, your idea for this goes even further. I understand any leftover money that you've got, you're going to put into a slush fund called Joke Keeper, which you're going to play out uh, leading up to the next federal election. Tell us a bit about that. What are your plans? Yeah, Joke Keeper is is basically going to be doing whatever we do with the rational fear, which is, you know, funny videos, pranks, stunts, um, our podcast. Um, we're going to be commissioning work from other comedians and other people who, who make um, video content to, to make content that will ridicule fossil fuel supporting parties. So if you are a fossil fuel funded party, we're coming for you. <laughs> and that is pretty much uh, the two major parties. So yeah, we're going to be making jokes about at your expense about where your funding comes from. We're going to be making jokes about you not being able to hold onto your seat. So here's look, okay, here's an exclusive. 
Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Uh, in, yeah. in five days, we've got a billboard going up in Josh Frydenberg's seat. Unfortunately, the space where we've bought, you can't actually have political advertising. So we've managed to put an ad for a standing desk. It's a it's a picture of a man that kind of looks like Josh Frydenberg standing at a desk. And it says, hey, it's time to buy a standing desk because you're about to lose your seat. Oh, my uh, gosh. And it, it would be... <laughs> It would be an absolute travesty if someone in Hawthorne went round to that billboard and spray painted Josh. <laughs> so <laughs> please don't do that. That's vandalism. So what you're getting at here is there are these inner city electorates where um, Liberal MPs will be under pressure. So you've got Josh Frydenberg there in Kooyong. You've got Dave Sharma in Wentworth in Sydney, as well as um, Warringah, which the Liberals are trying to win back. Do you think you could really shift the needle on some of these seats? I just want to be able to give agency to folks who live in those areas. Um, Really, I live in Wentworth, so I will be doing my best to get rid of Dave Sharma. I've seen his position change on a dime as soon as that ACF polling came out that most Australians want climate action. So I'll be um, printing out some Net Zero Dave shirts in the coming weeks and wearing (laughs) that around Bondi, and I can't wait to get him out. That was Dan Illich, comedian, telling... I guess the crazy story behind this campaign, and it's not going to stop at New York, it's not going to stop at Glasgow, it's going to head right into the federal election. I wonder, Katrina, if if Scott Morrison comes to Glasgow and makes a decent promise, you know, going to net zero, maybe even something on 2030, probably not. What happens then? Does Daniel change the creative and go, well done, Scott, or does he just keep hammering him? I think he'll probably keep hammering him in some way, shape or form with humour. And I love how this campaign is using humour because so often these climate change campaigns are quite earnest and really Mm. struggle to bring people who are on the margins on board. So, yeah, I think we haven't seen the last of this yet, no matter what happens in Glasgow. Tomorrow on The Briefing, new laws against stealthing. Listener.